Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Qalam is an organization that is dedicated to making Islamic knowledge accessible to everyone. Alhamdulillah, Qalam has been able to serve so many people all across the world in so many ways. And now, Qalam has the opportunity and the ability to take its work to the next level. Qalam now has the ability to expand its offerings to people all across the world in so many different ways. Qalam is acquiring a campus, a home, where we can continue to do the work that we do and in fact increase what we do. But we need your help, we need your support to make that dream a reality. Go to qalamcampus.com and donate generously. Every single person listening to this podcast benefiting from Qalam, I need you to go there and donate and share that link far and wide and let's all of us come together, invest into our sadaqah jariyah, and take this work to the next level. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Now enjoy the podcast. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi ali yadhati azim al-sifati samihi simatika bila sha'an. Jalil al-qadir al-rafi'i al-dhikri muta'i al-amri jalil al-burhan. Faqim al-ismi ghazil ilmi wasil ilmi kathil al-ghufran. جميل الثناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء يعميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له في الخلق والأمر ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأسود والأحمر المنعوذ بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر وصلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين هم خلاصة العرب العرباء وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحد الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن تقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن طاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين وادعوه فإنه مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم ما به the Prophet ﷺ exemplified and demonstrated and personified one of the most fundamental, critical aspects of the Muslim character that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has emphasized within the Quran. In chapter 23, Surah Al-Mu'minun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins with a proclamation, a verdict, a statement that is extremely powerful and something that all of us are deeply invested into. In fact, it is the most important thing that concerns us. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proclaims, He gives the verdict, قَدَ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ this life is temporary, and this life is a test. There is a life after this life 
that is for eternity. And that life is where ultimately our success or failure shall be determined. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that there is indeed a way to guarantee, to secure our success in that eternal life of the hereafter, here and now, right now. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us that insight by saying, Qad aflaha, who has succeeded, who has attained salvation, who has passed, al-mu'minun, the true believers. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lists out, depending how you parse it, seven or eight characteristics. And those characteristics add together the culmination, the amalgamation of them results in eternal success and salvation. And one of those characteristics Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shares with us, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِأَمَانَاتِهِمْ وَعَهْدِهِمْ رَعُونَ Those people who are constantly mindful like a shepherd is mindful. Watching all the time. And again, a lot of us don't have a lot of experience in shepherding animals. So we have to rely upon other people explaining it to us. Maybe something somewhat relatable is a parent with small children, right? Where no matter what you're doing, a lot of people have been working from home, right? So no matter what you're doing, or you're washing the dishes, or you're cooking food, or you're doing the laundry, or you're on the phone, you always have to keep one eye and one ear on the little ones. Because the moment that you take both eyes and both ears off of them, something bad happens. And so the shepherd, that's what the shepherd is dealing with. That's his job, that's his life. And what happens? There's a shift change. But what happens if the person that's supposed to take over for your shift never shows up? Then what do you do? You keep on going. There's no choice. I can't, this is not like, some corporate kind of job where it's like, you know what, I'm clocking out. You clock out, the animals die, you lose everything. So Ra'un, they are constantly watchful like shepherds over the trust that has been given to them, what has been entrusted to them, the amana, and their word, ahad, the promises that they've made, they're constantly watching over them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes in the Qur'an, إِنَّ اللَّهَ Indeed, make no mistake, without a shred of a doubt, Allah يَأْمُرُكُمْ Allah, He Himself, commands you to do what? أَنْ تُؤَدُّ الْأَمَانَةِ لَهْلِهَا That you give everyone their due. That you fulfill everyone's rights. That you give everyone's trust to them. And this is the attribute, the quality, the characteristic that can be summarized somewhat for the sake of our discussion here today can be summarized into one word in our language, in the English language, and that is integrity. And the Prophet ﷺ was a personification of this. I wanted to share a story because stories are vehicles, real life events, the life of the Prophet ﷺ. As-Siratul Nabawiyyah, the prophetic biography, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
is a vehicle that helps us understand things. It makes, takes it out of the theoretical and it makes it practical. And it shows us how it really actually works. And there's the whole life of the Prophet ﷺ is a demonstration of amana, that integrity, that trustworthiness. But there's one particular incident I wanted to talk about today because it carries some unique, it, it carries certain features. It has certain dynamics to it that are really powerful and very insightful. The Prophet ﷺ, when he started preaching and teaching and he received the first revelation, he started preaching and teaching the message of Islam at the age of 40. For the next 20 years, for the first 13 years, it was very brutal. It's the Meccan period. There's torture, there's torment, there is oppression, there is murder, there's exile. There's all these terrible things going on. You have the Hijrah and the migration to Medina. But things don't just magically end and conclude there. For the first six years, it is warfare and battle and combat and continued harassment of the Prophet ﷺ, the Muslims by their enemies, by the Meccans. And then finally you have the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So you have some peace. Part of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was the following year in the seventh year of Hijrah. 20 years after the revelation, the Muslims go to Mecca for three days to perform Umrah. Umratul Qadha. The Umrah that was making up for the previous year where they were blocked from going into Mecca. When the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims go for Umrah to Mecca for three days, there are some people that are still holding a grudge. Even though there is a ceasefire, there is the Treaty of Hudaybiyah in place, guaranteeing or stating 10 years of peace. But there are some people who are not satisfied. So some people, they are still holding a grudge. One of them was Safwan ibn Umayyah. Safwan ibn Umayyah ibn Khalaf. Umayyah ibn Khalaf was one of the staunchest opponents of the Prophet who died opposing the Prophet His son is the second generation now who has grown up with the hatred of Islam and the hatred of the Prophet and the hatred of the Muslims. When the Prophet and the Muslims come to Mecca to perform Umrah, Safwan says, you know what? Mecca is not big enough for the both of us. Him and a few others, they leave Mecca for three days. They camp out outside of Mecca in protest of the Prophet ﷺ being in Mecca. Think about that. How much he must hate him. The following year, the Meccans break. They violate the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, which leads to Fath Mecca, the conquest of Mecca, the opening of Mecca. Mecca coming into the fold of Islam. The Prophet ﷺ with 10,000 people marches into Mecca and Mecca surrenders and enters into the fold of Islam. And the Kaaba is reclaimed, the worship of Allah is restored, the Adhan is called, the Tawaf resumes, and everything is as it should be. Safwan, when he realizes, we lost. And I'm gonna use some very basic language so that we understand exactly the sentiment in Safwan's mind, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Muhammad won, we lost. Of course, we understand, لَقَدْ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ رَسُولَهُ الرُّؤْيَا بِالْحَقِّ This is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in Safwan's mind, Muhammad won, we lost. He's king and we're defeated. He's in charge and we're the losers. 
That's how he's thinking. So he says, what happens if you have you are mortal enemies with someone and that person gets the upper hand over you? What do you think? I'm done. I'm dead. I'm finished. So you know what Safwan does? When he realizes the Prophet is marching into Mecca victorious, Safwan leaves Mecca. And he flees. Runs away. I will live my life on the run. I will go live in the wild. But I will not live under the thumb of my enemy. His best friend, Umair bin Wahab, had secretly, quietly already accepted Islam for some time. And when the Prophet ﷺ came, of course, he gave the oath of allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ. He says to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, I know there's good in him. I know him better than anyone. We've been best friends since we were children. There's good in him. Allow me to bring him back. Grant him protection. Can you imagine? You're asking the victor, give protection to your enemy, because I care about him. What would you do in that situation? What would I do in that situation? Think about it. If somebody's been my moral enemy for 20 years, and I have the upper hand, what am I going to say? Can you please give him your protection? The Prophet ﷺ says yes. He says yes so quickly, it's shocking. Umair says, Ya Rasulullah, he's not going to believe this. Give me something that proves. So we would, you know, normally send a video or something. What did they used to do at that time? You would give a personal article. Something that was so personally yours and you hand it to the person that the person can show it to the other person and say, oh wow. Personal guarantee. The Prophet ﷺ removes his turban and he hands it to Umair. Here. You can only have this off my head if I gave it to you. So Umair goes and finds Safwan and he says, friend, come. He says, no, no, you're one of them now. And he shows him the turban of the Prophet ﷺ. Safwan is so stunned. How did you get that? He gave it to me. He has guaranteed your safety. So Safwan comes to Mecca now. The mortal enemy sits in front of the Prophet And the Prophet calls him to Islam, calls him to Allah. And Safwan says, I'm not ready. I don't want to have this conversation right now. What would I say? Habibi, you're not in a position to negotiate. <laughs> he says, oh, I'm not ready yet. You know what the Prophet says? He says, no problem, take four months. Live your life, live in your house, run your business, raise your family. Business as usual, four months. No one will bother you, no one will talk to you, no one will mess with you. And we'll talk again in four months. Then a couple of weeks later, what happens? An army is gathering outside of Mecca in the valley of Hunayn the tribes of Hawazin and eventually Banu Thaqif from Ta'if joins them as well. And they are amassing to fight the Muslims. So the Prophet says we have to deal with this threat. So the Prophet puts together the Muslim forces, 12,000 now. And they have to go out to fight them. But the Muslims still, as we know the story, they didn't have a lot of resources. They didn't have a lot of supplies. 
So they needed more armory, more weapons. So someone says to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, Safwan, he's a weapons collector. Right? Safwan was like a Texan. He just had his own armory. So he said he's a weapons collector. There's a whole shed full of weapons and armor and shields and swords and enough to supply a hundred people. Ya Rasulullah, we should borrow his stuff. So the Prophet calls Safwan. This is a hadith in Bukhari. And he calls him and he says that, can we borrow your equipment? Our soldiers need supplies. And he says, Aghasban ya Muhammad? Aghasban ya Muhammad? Pointing. You're gonna take my stuff forcefully, Muhammad? Look at the tone. He's still the enemy. You might have won, but you can't take my stuff, Muhammad. Look how he speaks to the Prophet. The Prophet says, La. No, no, no. I would like to borrow it fully guaranteed and we will return it to you and compensate you for any damages or losses. Agree? He says, agree. So they borrow the equipment. The Prophet ﷺ tells the Sahaba to take the full inventory. They go for the battle of Hunayn. Allah grants him victory. Then they go on to Ta'if and they lay siege to Ta'if, to Banu Thaqif. And after a week, they return back from there. In Ihram, they perform the Umrah of Ji'irrana. And after all of that is done, the Prophet ﷺ tells the Sahaba, take the inventory of Safwan's stuff. And then he calls Safwan. And he says, here's the inventory. Here's all of your stuff. This is what was lost. Here's the compensation for that. Here's what was damaged. Here's the compensation for that. Full. It's very important to pause here. Do not miss the context. We expect this from the Prophet ﷺ, so we just go forward. What happened? They were enemies. The Prophet ﷺ arrived with an army. The Meccans surrendered. The Prophet ﷺ is the victor. Safwan is the defeated. The Prophet ﷺ, not that he behaved that way, but in terminology, he is the Fatih. He is the conqueror. Safwan is the conquered. The Prophet ﷺ is the winner. Safwan is the loser. The Prophet ﷺ is the ruler. Safwan is the ruled over. So could the Prophet ﷺ have said potentially, or somebody else in this position, could they have said, I'm keeping your stuff. What are you going to do about it? What, would, what could Safwan do? He could do nothing. What could he do? File a petition? If you have somebody today, probably start an online petition. But what else could he do? Nothing. Nothing. But the Prophet ﷺ puts all of his stuff out, provides the inventory. He says, go check the list. Here is what was lost. Here is the compensation. Here's what was damaged. Here's the compensation. Everything fully taken care of, above and beyond. It almost seems like the Prophet ﷺ is reporting to Safwan. Such diana, such amana. 
when Safwan experiences this, you know what he says? Hadith al-Bukhari. He says, La Ya Rasulullah. Two weeks ago, what did he call him? Ya Muhammad. Aghasman? Ya Muhammad. Now he says, La Ya Rasulullah. He calls him the Messenger of Allah for the first time in his life. Bal inna li fil Islami rahba. Wa fi riwayatin, arghabu fil Islam. He says, no, Ya Rasulullah, O oh, Messenger of God, I am interested in Islam. And he talks to the Prophet Sallallahu and by the end of that conversation, he puts his hand in the hand of the Prophet Sallallahu and he accepts Islam on the spot. Radiyallahu anhu. May Allah be pleased with him. Integrity. The test of integrity is when you have the lower hand, when you are in a disadvantage, everyone is polite. Everyone talks politely to their boss. Everyone speaks very kindly and nicely to the person they owe money to. How do you talk to the person who owes you money? How do you treat the person that you pay? How do you treat your employee? Integrity. That is the hallmark of our religion. That is a key to accessing salvation and the mercy of Allah and success in the hereafter. And that is one of the defining characteristics of the prophetic personality and the prophetic example. Sallallahu alayhi wa And I'll end and conclude with this. Somebody might think, this is very basic, brother. Be a good person, right? We've heard that like eight million times. Anas ibn, in a hadith, in a narration that is reported by Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal in his Musnad, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates and he says, مَا خَطَبَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُ Right? There's a lot of طُلَابُ الْعِلْمِ here. النَّفْيُ وَالْإِسْتِثْنَاءُ That creates a tawkeel. وَالْإِخْتِصَاصُ That's for emphasis and exclusivity. What is the Prophet ﷺ saying? Well, what is Anas ibn Malik saying about the Prophet ﷺ? The Prophet ﷺ never addressed us except that he said, in better English, every single time the Prophet ﷺ lectured us, every single time he addressed us, every single time he gave us a reminder, an admonition, he always stated the following. La imana limalla amanatalo. There is no iman. There is real no manifestation and, you know, exemplifying a faith, iman, belief, for the person who cannot be trusted. And there is no true practice of the religion for someone who cannot keep their word. Barakallahu lana wa lakum fi al-Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'ni wa iyyakum bil-ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'il al-Muslimin fastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-Ghafuru rahim
Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa may yudlil fala hadiya lahu wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa nashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu qala Allahu 'azza wa jalla fi kitabihi al-majid ba'da a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى أزواجه وذريته اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم اهدنا واهدنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم احسن عاقبتنا في الامور كلها واجرنا واجرنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب الاخره اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وصلى الله تعالى على النبي الكريم قال الله تعالى ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون اقم الصلاه